What's going on, coaches? Excited to bring this episode to you guys. It's been a while since we recorded it. Uh, some things have changed for Coach, but uh, was really exciting when we did record it. We're still finishing up some of the pre-recordings and getting them out to you guys before we start our new recordings uh, this year. Um, some cool things happened with me just recently. Uh, our offensive coordinator uh, got a job over at Vanderbilt as quality control with the quarterbacks, and so. Uh, as he made that transition, uh, I've got promoted to the offense coordinator here at McKinney High School. So uh, I'm excited for that opportunity. I uh, have been going about it now for about a month and, and have learned a ton already and, and got really lucky. We've got an unbelievable staff and uh, even better players. So uh, really excited for that, but uh, has been a pretty busy month. Uh, but we will. We'll get back to recording uh some new episodes. I uh, just want to say appreciate you guys uh, for all the support you've sent to me uh, and that I know you guys continue to send. If you need anything from us, uh, just go visit us at coach at runthepower.com by email or our website, runthepower.com. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by SportsCope. SportsCope is the industry leader in end zone camera and sideline instant replay technology. SportsScope manufactures 20-foot and 30-foot quality U.S.-made end-zone towers with the most advanced technology to make filming on game day easy and stress-free. SportsScope end-zone cameras allow your camera operator to film from up in the press box, have built-in instant replay for making crucial in-game adjustments, and even have artificial intelligence designed to get you consistent end-zone film and reduce your video staff on game nights. Edge Replay syncs multiple camera angles and delivers instant replay to your sideline iPads in seconds with no laptops needed. Paired with their three-point network, the SportsScope app gives you full playback control so you can make adjustments your players can see. The SportsScope app offers easy and predictive play tagging by ODK and is packed with smart features to save you time and allow for easy uploads after the game. Give your staff the edge on game nights with SportsScope end zone camera and edge replay. Visit SportsScope.com today. This episode of RTP is brought to you by Team Builder. Great teams win first in the weight room. Ensure your team wins their offseason with the most up-to-date programming and workout delivery software. Team Builder is offering a modern, full-year, 52-week football strength and conditioning program that comes free with any Team Builder trial. Not only does this program include in-season workouts, but also football-specific off-season workouts that prepare your athletes for the high demands of the season. This program focuses on increasing strength, power, and speed, all while reducing the risk of injury. You can get the program once you start a 14-day free trial with Team Builder. Just reach out and tell them that you heard from Rowdy in the RTP podcast. Or use the code RTP when you sign up for your free trial at Team Builder, which is TeamBuilder.com. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Legend Rings. As coaches, we all know that the best way to represent our big win is with a big championship ring. And the team at Legend Rings wants to help you guys celebrate your regional and state championship title this season. Their goal is to make your championship ring purchase simple, easy, and as we all want, affordable from design to delivery. To get started, please contact your dedicated Run the Power Legacy Builder, Sam Daniel, at samd at legendrings.com. Let him know that Run the Power sent you, and Legend Rings will make your ring for free. On this episode of RTP brought to you by Legend Rings, we talk with Jay Nunez. Coach Nunez is currently the special teams quality control coach at the University of Oklahoma. Uh, but at the time of this interview, he was the special teams coordinator at Eastern Michigan. Listen as we talk with Coach Nunez about all things special teams. This is a can't-miss episode with one of the fastest-rising teams coaches in the entire country. You guys can follow Coach Nunez on Twitter at Nunez underscore J. Hope you guys enjoy. So my name is Jay Nunez, uh, special teams coordinator and defensive tackles coach at Eastern Michigan. Um, you know, I've had, had a good journey through this whole deal. Um, I grew up in a small, small uh, farm town in uh, Oklahoma, a little town called Alva in the northwest corner, you know, about 5,000 people, you know, grew up working um, in grain elevators all summer and, and, and all that stuff. 
um, you know, have my six pairs of cowboy boots that I, I wear when I'm not in the office. Um, but was lucky enough, you know, to receive a walk-on spot uh, to Pittsburgh State University um, about a week before signing day. Um, was a, uh, you know, basically come to find out was basically a leg, a leg saver. Had a couple centers that had knee surgeries um, and they needed somebody to eat some reps, you know, during fall camp. So I got, um, you know, an invitation to join um, and through some hard work, you know, ended up being basically a three-year starter, you know, two and a half. Um, and had a great, great time there, you know, great place. Um, after my playing career, um, I GA there for, for one season. Um, so I did the fall. Um, it would have been of what, 2009, 2010. Um, and uh, worked with the interior offensive line. Um, in the uh, spring, actually coached with uh, the D-line. Um, got to help with those guys and run some meetings. Um, and then um, got engaged that next summer. Um, after being engaged about two weeks, I got a phone call on Wednesday night uh, from Jerry Kill, um, who was at the University of Minnesota at the time. Uh, he called and said, hey, we have a volunteer spot for you. Um, you know, don't know what it's going to pay, uh, but, you know, do you want to do this? Um, didn't really ask any details. Yeah, more so said, hey, I'm in. But I said, coach, I got, you know, one thing here. I just got engaged. You know, I got I to gotta talk to my fiance. Um, and just figure out, you know, make sure everything's good. Uh, so he said, I'll call you back in two days, you know, talk to my, my uh, now wife, Ashley. Um, you know, we kicked it around for, you know, 24 hours, you know, she signed off on it. Um, and then coach kill called back Friday, uh, took the job. And I said, Hey coach, the only question I have here is obviously, you know, just got engaged. Like when, when am I going to get married or when can I get married? Um, and in, in typical, Coach Kill fashion. He said, I'll call you back tomorrow. Um, he called me back and he said, our spring break starts March 11th and gets over, you know, whatever the next, you know, Monday was. I don't care when you get married. You just got to be at work on that, that next Monday. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I took a job and he set my wedding date all within, you know, 24 hours. <laughs> you must be married to an angel, dude. Uh, she's a saint. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Makes me makes me better every day. Um, so as she likes to say, you know, I left her on the curb that following Monday, you know, drove up from Pittsburgh, Kansas to Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, and then, uh, at that point, you know, the, the, the situation was basically here, you know, work with coach kill, kind of be his right-hand guy and help him with things. Um, and at that point in time, I had life figured out, right? Like I'm going to be this, you know, um, offensive line guru and, and make it big in that, that world. Um, but working with Coach Kill, you know, he's big in special teams. Um, and uh, he actually coached the specialists while he was there those first couple of years. And um, so I, I dove into that and, you know, basically learned, you know, through this whole coaching deal, you got to have your niche. Um, and, you know, I, you know, started to enjoy the special teams part of it and kind of became, you know, again, my niche and started rocking and rolling. Um, so my time there was, you know, helped the offense a little bit and defense at times. Uh, but a lot of it was just working with the special teams part of it, you know, doing some game planning and, and all that stuff. Um, but was there for five years, uh, learned from a fabulous staff. You know, Jay Sawvell was the special teams coordinator. Um, you know, have tremendous respect for that guy who's now the defensive coordinator at Wyoming. Um, but those guys taught me, you know, how to coach, how to be professional, um, and more importantly, how to treat kids um, and the relationships and then investing in them. Um, you know, I'm indebted to that, to that staff. They, they taught me a lot. Rob Reeves, I mean, all those guys. Um, so after that, um, after the 2015 season, or in the middle of it, that's when Coach Kill, you know, retired. Um, uh, so I was an on-the-field coach there the last, you know, three quarters of the season or so. Um, was 27 at the time, I think. Um, unfortunately, you know, being that young, had never recruited before, you know, didn't have a chance to stay on after he retired. Uh, so from there, I went to Southern Illinois University. Uh, did tight ends there along with special teams coordinating um, and had, had a blast. You know, Nick Hill, uh, first time head coach, you know, took a took a chance on me and hired me. And again, just the things I learned uh, from just good people there. Um, uh, it, it, it was fun. A lot of young guys that just got their first opportunity that were that were hungry. Um, and we were all just chomping at the bit, working long hours. Um, and again, just learned so much from so many more people. Um, 
but I was there about 10 months. Um, and from there, I came up to Eastern Michigan. Um, thankfully, we've been good on special teams because uh, I've done about everything else. So I always tell everybody we can cover kicks, but I'm, I'm terrible um, at everything else I do because I've done, you know, tight ends. I've uh, been a recruiting coordinator here and then now doing defensive tackles. So have worn a lot of hats, uh, but always have been in the special teams world. Coach, I'm curious, you know, I'm sure as a player um, with the offensive line, there's not much special teams that you were probably on. Uh, maybe field goal and then, you know, maybe punt, depending on what kind of putt you had. But way away from special teams, what, what if anything, translates? And then you go to be an offensive line GA. Um, was there anything that translates from that offensive line world into now being a special teams coordinator? Or was it just – you just got lucky and found a second niche that that you love special teams. Well, here's here's a good story for you. My only special teams rep in my career, I was a sophomore, you know, started playing a lot. I was still underweight. You know, I, I was 226 when I got to college, you know, ended up getting up to 280, you know, my junior senior year. But I was probably about 255 playing at Washburn. Uh, we score. Uh, there's a bigger guy, Josh Peone, that's supposed to come in for me on PAT field goal, right, if we score. We get the first touchdown, we're up 6-0. I look to the sideline, and there's no Josh Peone coming out. So I'm playing right guard on PAT here. I've never even taken a practice rep, mind you. I'm so small at this point in time. Like right. It, it, uh, um, I'll never forget this. So I line up in my stance, don't know what I'm doing. And, uh, they, you know, the MIAA is good football. There's some big boys. Oh, yeah. And they had three guards or three guys over the left guard because you could still do the shoulder to shoulder deal at the time. Mm. And they're they were smart enough where they saw me in there. They flipped the whole field goal block before we snapped the thing. Um, they snap it. And I think my head is on the ground, like the back of my head uh, before the holder catches the ball. Um, <laughs> and thankfully we, we make it and uh, move on. But that was my as a player, my only special teams. Uh, you know, rep or affiliation there ever. Um, did you have to but, go? Uh, did you have to go rip the guy that was supposed to be in there? Like, hey, thanks a lot. Uh, whatever. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was just a nice guy, and at that point in time, I was happy to be out there. So I just kind of moved on, and I think Coach Kronicky took care of that for me. Um, <laughs> pretty, pretty valuable lesson, though, right? Hey, man, it shows you right away. Operation time. It's all about operation time, right? If the operation <laughs> time's there, they're never going to block it. Snap, hold, kick. That's all that matters. There's no doubt on that one. Uh, but as far as answering your question, uh, the other thing, you know, just and it's all coaching, really, not even just special teams. You know, I tell everybody, I mean, you guys could be excellent special teams coaches. It's just, do you want to do it or not? Because um, it's all basic movements. Um, mm -hmm. You know, a lot of the stuff I do is based off of defensive back play, um, you know, at the essence of it all. Uh, but it's all just basic. You know, if you can't block front line of KOR, you can't play quarters um defense as a safety like it's, it's mm. the same stuff in theory um but uh just the attention to detail and then probably just footwork you know being an offensive lineman you know it's all your first two steps mm. hand placement and then do you want it more than the other guy you know um so the attention to detail and we put a huge emphasis whether it's punt protection actually punting a football um whatever we're doing you know on, on footwork has been a huge you know correlation there between the two offensive line and, and special teams Coach, I was lucky. I was lucky to be around a really good special teams coordinator, and he actually ended up being our head coach, Tony Levine, uh, at the University of Houston. Um, and and I loved the guy, and and I thought his best thing that he did. Obviously, he loves special teams, and and but he could really help you visualize things, and uh, I think it made him a great recruiter as well. But um, you know, guys like that, I think, did a great job of getting kids to buy in. Um, and, and want to play special teams. I think there's teams I've been a part of that no one wants to play special teams if they're, if they're good players. And I've been in teams that they want, they're, they're asking ways to get on different special teams. What do I have to do to get on kickoff? What do I have to do to get on kickoff return? I mean, and not the guys that are walk-ons. I mean, these are guys that are, are catching touchdowns or, or whatever. What do you think the big, and I'm sure there's a lot of things, but, how do you get that buy-in from a whole team? How do you get that, hey, I want to be on special teams as opposed to, okay, now I guess I have to go out on this special team? Oh, no doubt. Um, well, first and foremost, Tony Levine's awesome. You know, he's been a mentor for me, uh, him and Mark Tomardall. 
down at Texas Tech now um, are just awesome people. You know, those are two guys that I could do, I could never do anything for. And every time I've ever called or asked a question, uh, they either answer or call me back, you know, within minutes. Um, but just, just great, great people there. Um, but as far as just the buy-in part, you know, um, you know, we do a lot here creatively. You know, we have, um, you know, for kids, especially in our level, you know, the group of five, you know, we're, we're not, you know, Ohio State or whatever, where those kids get as much food as they need and want and could ever eat and, and all that stuff. Um, you know, through compliance wise, I got to get it all cleared, obviously, but any kind of candy bar or extra food or t-shirt or whatever I can give people, um, we, we do it. You know, it, it's amazing, you know, what a kid will do for a cool t-shirt. Um, uh, so I, I do everything I can to reward those guys and make it a positive atmosphere um, and uh, make it something where they want to do it, um, you know, for themselves and the team, not just like, okay, I have to do this. Um, you know, so that, that's one thing we, we go through. And then some creative things that I've done over the years is, um, you know, everybody wants to play in the NFL. You know, I'm six foot on a very, very, very good day. You know, if I, you know, didn't hunch over in the morning drinking my coffee um, and weigh 280, you know, at Pittsburgh State. And I, even I, you know, for a little bit was like, hey, I want to do this NFL thing. Um, but for all those guys, you know, we do a video every year that shows, um, and we try to just do Mac guys, uh, but we'll sprinkle in, up, sprinkle in others. But this is, you know, Jay Nunez from Eastern Michigan. He's made $5.2 million. He has one career carry for five yards um, and he's played for 10 years or whatever it is. Um, but really show those guys. Um, obviously, we're asking you to do it for the for the team. Uh, but also, you know, intrinsically, if you need some motivation here, you know, if you want to go do this thing, uh, the, the realization is you're going to go to a rookie OTA. And if you can't function during special teams drills, you're going to get cut because there's a lot more people that can do it and can function and all that stuff. Um, so I do everything in the, my power to make it a positive, um, experience and positive reinforcement. Um, but then also I keep it very real between NFL, between, you know, we know we're an 11 personnel team. There's one running back on the field. We might play three. If you have the hot hand, you're going to get 20 carries or whatever it is. So if you're running back two or three, do you want to get three carries and participate and be a cheerleader? Or do you want to go have a chance to, to make a difference? Same thing with receivers. We're going to play three. Okay, so if you're the sixth guy traveling, do you want one rep to spell whoever, or do you want to actually contribute? Um, so I'm constantly bringing the, the, the real numbers into it um, in a positive way, but then also giving positive reinforcement for those guys um, who are succeeding. Coach, I love that. I think that all that stuff goes a long way again. And, you know, you, you see a guy like, you know, I, I remember everybody's talking about Devontae Smith, you know, winning the Heisman. I, I The plays I remember and the plays I was sending to my receivers were the plays, you know, late in games when they had to go cover punts and he wanted to be the bullet and he wanted to go down and, and make a play at a guy. So I think, you know, it goes a long way. Once you probably get a couple of your dudes that have bought in, it almost kind of just starts to, to really sell itself because they see, Hey man, the starters are doing it. The best players are doing it. Why, why am I not doing it? No doubt. And then also on top of all of that, you have to have a little bit of success if that makes sense. Um, Cause I can make it sound cool and fun all I want, but if we're out there and my, I'm, I'm a bad coach and we're getting housed on things or getting punts blocked or, you know, not down in punts inside the 10, then everybody's like, all right, that sounds fun in theory, but I'm just going to save my energy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> how do you, how do you guys then kind of like measure that success? What are the data points for you guys? I know obviously they have the NCAA stats. Are they, those some of the things you're using? Are there some other you know metrics you use? You know, what are you kind of telling those guys on a weekend? Like, hey man, it was a successful day for Eastern Michigan special teams. No, no doubt. We we you know self evaluation wise at the end of the year we we look at all that and we've you know, have thankfully had a good punter and we've been great at, you know, pinning guys inside the five and 10 and, you know, had a really good year on KOR last year and I've always been a, a good pump block team. Um, you know, when you look at all the national stats, but ultimately, you know, we, by phase, we have like, you know, a punt, you know, goal going into the year. That's big picture just for our punt team, you know, for our 12, 13 games, whatever. Uh, but the biggest things we hit on was we just have weekly goals um, and we have eight of them. Um, and since I've, you know, been doing this now for nine years, you know, I wasn't totally in charge at Minnesota, but, you know, still count that because I was in this philosophy and all that. 
Um, but going all the way back, if we get five of our eight goals, uh, we've won around like 87% of our games. Um, so our, our first goal uh, that we always talk about is this perfect execution. Uh, so that snap hold kicks, you know, making them all. We're not muffing punts. We're not, you know, dropping a kickoff. You know, if we call a fake um, or an onside kick or have to send our hands team out there, like we're just playing good, clean football um, and all the stuff that we can control. Uh, second one, you know, is have a, a better net punt than our opponent. You know, that one's can be tricky because are you pooching or all that stuff? Uh, but, the, but that is one of our goals. Uh, the third one um, is have a, a better uh, starting field position after kickoff than our opponents. Uh, this one to me and all special teams is like the one true thing. You know, every now and then there'll be a penalty that can screw it up. Uh, but for the most part, you know, they kick off from the 35 and we do. Um, who, who's better? Um, but, that, but that's one we, we preach on big time. Um, uh, no penalties uh, is the next one. Uh, again, just playing good, good clean football. Um, our fifth one is we want to put the offense on the plus 50 at least once during a game. Um, the sixth one is we want to make sure uh, that the um, uh, defense never starts um, on the, like they never, the opponent never gets the ball on the minus 40 or, or on our side. So giving our defense at least 60 yards. Um, we want to make sure we do that. And then the biggest one that we, we hit on um, is we want to have at least one game breaker. Uh, so when we describe game breakers for us, that is a, a punt down inside the 10, you know, executing a big fake at a crucial point in time, uh, kickoff tackled inside the 15, um, just one of those big plays, you know, blocking a punt, you know, just the, those big momentum plays. Um, and then to me, I always tell our guys, okay, let's get plus one early. And then once we get plus one, like we got to dig down deep and do everything we can. Cause if we can get plus two, um, big plays and the, the game breaker type of deals, like that's when you really have a chance to just break a game open on teams. Um, so those are things that just on a weekend, weekend, uh, week out basis, you know, our guys have beaten their heads. Coach, I'm curious. You've got so many things to to look at uh, as special teams coordinator. Like you just said, you've got so many phases of special teams. What does your your weekend look like? What does your weekend process look like? Um, you know, even to which I think there's a lot of high school guys or probably everywhere college guys that that look over this. But like I said, what what I learned from coach Levine was how amazing he was at like having a new field goal block every week. I mean, seeing the weak points, seeing those. And, and the only way to do that is to truly dive deep and, and look at, you know, all 10 games that that team has had that year and look at every special teams thing that they've had throughout that year. What does your process look like for the weekends? Just as far as like, Hey, I'm going to start off with watching their punt team. Then I'm going to start watching this. What does that look like for you on the weekend? Yeah, no doubt. Um, so we'll start even on Saturday. If it's a home game, um, you know, I'm, I'm different than a lot of people, at least on our staff. Like when that game's over, it's a home game. Like I'm going to go see my kids and my wife um, at that point in time. You know, the film will be there Sunday. I'll figure it out later. You know, I'm going to go and, and be a dad. You know, hopefully we got an early game and um, can at least eat dinner and hang out. Um, if it's a road game, I, I will grade the film, you know, for defense and special teams on the way home. Um, on the bus trip. Uh, Sunday, get in around eight. And then basically from eight to about one, um, I'm wrapping up the game that we just played. You know, I'm not super smart. So before I watch uh, the film with our kids um, and even our staff, I got to watch our, our game film about three times. Um, you know, some of that I'm grading production and all that stuff, um, you know, for our top Eagle award and who's going to win the, win the belt for the week. Um, and then some of that's just me to internalizing it and doing a good job. Uh, and then we're with our players for a while. Um, Sunday night, though, after we get done with all our, our kids and the, the last games to bed, um, you know, I'll just make sure all the data is right for our upcoming opponent. Um, and I'll start our scouting reports, you know, as far as just, you know, punt averages and all that basic stuff. Uh, Monday is kind of the, the, the nitty gritty day. You know, so I get in, you know, sitting down around six, uh, always start with their pump block, you know, and try to identify are they, uh, are they a block team or a hold up team. Um, then kind of come up with our formations for the week and, you know, how we're going to attack them. You know, are we in a pocket punt? Are we going to rugby? Um, you know, how can we change the game, you know, with that unit? Um, and then do some self scout on our punt team. So I'll go back, 
after I kind of game plan for, you know, say we're playing ball state. Um, okay. This is what I, what I want to do to attack them on punt. And then I'll watch all our punt reps for the season. Um, and then I'll go, okay, if I'm playing us, what are the tendencies that, you know, uh, they can pick up on and, you know, how, how is coach Doherty going to attack me? Um, so I'll try to shoot holes, you know, through what I, what I did there. Um, and then from there, I'll move on to an opponent's punt team um, and get that schemed up. So, you know, especially in the Mac, I mean, we have, you know, four years of film um, on everybody. Uh, so I don't watch every rep of that because that's obviously information overload, but any kind of fakes or any of that is randomness, you know, I'll buzz through all previous years just to see if I'm missing anything. Um, but we'll really focus on for the, the, this, you know, what games have been played that year for the game planning purposes. Um, but by lunch, you know, I want to have punt and punt block, you know, I'll put together a game plan ready to go. Um, and then um, do the kind of the working lunch and start on our kickoff team. Um, you know, same deal and go through previous years. Are there any fakes, reverses, throwbacks? Uh, just any oddities that we got to be ready for. Um, and then, okay, how are we going to, you know, what's our pattern this week? How are we going to attack, you know, their returns? Um, and then I always finish with KOR at the end. Um, once I get all that wrapped up, you know, uh, we usually have a dinner around five. Um, uh, so I'll get that done. And then in the evening I'll do um, uh, our uh, yeah, scouting reports for the players, get that all typed up, finished up. And then I work on, you know, any field goal fakes that might be there. Um, and then how we're going to attack them on the pump block side. Um, and then the last thing I do for game planning, because we'll practice in between. But then Wednesday mornings, you know, I got to work, uh, worry about onside kicks and hands team and, and all that stuff. So uh, definitely have a little process there. And, you know, sometimes you, you know, got your hands full on kickoff. So that runs longer or have your hands full on punt. But um just as far as a typical order of operation, that's how it rolls. Coach, how do you deploy, you know, the, the assistant coaches to, to help you with all these things uh, as far as like assignments? And then do you have, you know, GA type guys or analyst type guys who are maybe helping out with specialists? You know, talk about how you kind of personnel all that up, because honestly, I think if you're going to be any good, it has to be a staff emphasis. There's no doubt about it. Oh, no doubt. No, I'm blessed here. You know, our head coach, uh, Chris Creighton, you know, he's huge in special teams. You know, he, he's in every meeting. He breathes it. Uh, he coaches on every unit. Uh, so we run special teams here uh, very similar to like an offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. Now, I, I try to make the load as minimal as possible on the assistants. So I do all the breakdown, all the uh, the schematic teaching and all that stuff. Um, but they have their position groups, you know, so in a typical game week, like on Tuesday mornings, you know, I'll go through and, uh, okay, this is what we're doing on punt. This is what we're doing on kickoff. I'll, I'll teach it in the install. But, you know, our head coach coaches the right guards and right tackles on punt. Our tight ends coach coaches the left tackles, left guards on punt. Uh, coach Hicks, our corners coach, coaches the adjusters. Our running backs coach coaches our snipers. Um, so for every phase, it's broken down. We're an assistant's coaching two or three guys. Um most of our coaches coach on two phases, our running backs coach. Um, you know, a lot of the running backs are on teams anyway, so he coaches on all four and, and you know, helps me out and does PAT too. Um, but all that's divided out. Uh, but for our coaches, when they walk in those meetings, you know, it's like, hey, this is what we're doing, um, and this is what I need you to coach. Um, they're all great coaches. They all understand what I, what I want done. Uh, but I try to eliminate um, wasted time for those guys. Um, and then I do have an analyst. Uh, that helps out, uh, you know, more so focuses on uh, the scouting reports and timing kicks and all that stuff for me. Um, but he does take a, a lot of the, the busy work, for lack of better words, you know, out of my hands. Um, you know, we started doing it like this uh, when I was at the University of Minnesota. Um, and, you know, we weren't the most talented team in the big, you know, Big Ten, uh, but we were really, really good on special teams. Um, and it's, uh, is because those guys got coached in individually. I mean, we break out to position meetings. You know, we still do that at times. Um, and as a special teams guy, uh, I would never do it differently. But, you know, it's, you know, you got to trust your staff. Uh, my, my joke with all my friends is, you know, you could be a, a bad right guard and right tackle punt on, um, a coach on punt uh, and be a great tight ends coach. But if you get a punt blocked because your right guard was bad, you're not getting fired. You know, the special teams guy is. 
Uh, whereas an offensive coordinator at the, the Titans are bad, <laughs> the Titans are just getting fired. Um, so it's a, you know, a line you got to walk, but you know, the kids see the coaches bought in and, and all that stuff. And it's, it's the best way to go for sure. Coach, I'm kind of curious too. I mean, and I know everyone learns kind of from each other, but you hear a lot of college coaches get to go up to the NFL in the off season, learn from those guys. Um, obviously there's so many different rules though, in special teams that the NFL has that college doesn't necessarily have doesn't allow them to do shield punt makes I'm sure field goals a little different makes kickoff has different rules. It does that kind of keep you neat, you know, having to stay around the college level to, to, to learn things or, or are there still things that you can, obviously there's still things you can get from the NFL, but um, like I said, their, their restrictions are so different than college. At least they had been in the past when I was in it. Um, is that kind of still the same? Is that still you've got to almost you know, stay at the college level, or or how does all that part work of it? Oh, it's it's totally different. Uh, you're, you're spot on there. You know the punt stuff. You know they can have two guys, you know, past one yard, past the line of scrimmage. To say that very poorly, you know, when the ball's kicked, you know that's why they're pro style by rule, uh, where we can have everybody, you know, further than one yard past the line of scrimmage. Um, and then the kickoff, kickoff return game. You know, I personally think. Uh, within a few years, we'll we'll, we'll ad- adopt their scheme fully, um, you know, just for the the health and safety and all that stuff. Um, but right now, as of right now, it's totally different. Um, now, when I was at the University of Minnesota, I was very very lucky. Um, uh, Mike Prefer, you know, it wasn't an official like internship, but he he allowed me to come over and did rookie OTAs, and then I did uh, the OTAs uh, through the end of May and beginning of June. Um, uh, with them, you know, they had just drafted uh, Jeff Locke and, you know, Blair Walsh had just finished his, his rookie year and was on fire. Um, but, you know, there, there's schemes, you know, uh, you guys are, you know, coaching offensive line, there's inside zone, there's outside zone, there's power, there's open side power, there's all this stuff. Um, and if you're a good coach, you can learn scheme. Uh, to me, you know, going around those guys, um, they're, te- they're really good teachers. Um, and for me, you know, learning how to better communicate, um, how to, you know, say something a lot simpler, you know, if there's a little drill here to, to steal, you know, sniper play and anti-sniper play and holdups, you know, there, there's still things that pertain uh, for sure. Uh, but I'm all in just learning how to teach better. You know, we can, you know, run the same thing every time, but if I can out teach you and we know how to, you know, run, you know, tight inside power versus odd, even, you know, over double eagle, whatever, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, you know, so anytime I can get around those NFL guys and just learn how to teach better, you know, I definitely take advantage of that. Coach, those were, you know, two words that, that had come up. I know you talk about, hey, being able to function as a special teams player at the next level. And then I know the, the message that Jamie has said, you know, he, he was very, you know, impressed with your development of players. So that, that was going to be my question, you know. What are you doing, you know, at Minnesota, at Eastern Michigan to make sure you guys are functionally good special teams players? And how are you developing those guys? I think that's, you know, obviously going to be the key, you know, to to staying power. You know, like you said, anyone can scheme up a great thing one time. But, you know, can we repeat that? And, and can we have guys do that year in and year out rather than being, you know, the one hit wonder? Yeah, no, no doubt. So kind of a two part question there with one. I'll start with the specialist. Because like we said earlier, you know, having good specialists is 90% of it. Um, you know, I've been lucky enough to, to, you know, learn how to identify if some ki- you know, kids love kicking. You know, that's, that's the biggest thing. Through some resources, resources, you know, just getting to know them. Uh, but I've been able to recruit and have a roster right now full of guys who just love what they do. Um, so as you guys both know, you know, if you love what you do, you got a chance to be successful because you're going to work at it. Um, so with the specialist part of it, you know, there, there is an A, B, C, D to kicking. Like there's, there's some things in punting and snapping that hold true, um, you know, uh, across most people. Uh, but at the same time, I always tell our guys and they, they look at me like I'm crazy. You know, there, there's people that can do some things, you know, totally different and they still, it, it works for them. And the thing I always give them as an analogy is just Jeff Bagwell. And I know he's on steroids and all that stuff, but. You know, he had a huge, huge stance. He understepped when he swung the bat and he crushed things. Um, and steroids or not, he, he would have been a Hall of Famer. 
um, and it worked for them. So you're not going to just change all that. Uh, so for, for our specialists, um, you know, I, I've, you know, take a very patient role with those guys. Um, and, you know, I got to tell the guys, you know, the same thing, 50,000 different ways, and eventually it'll, it'll stick. Um, but I do everything for those guys to know um, I generally love it and care for them because that's a lonely job. You know, I've been a part of guys making game winning kicks and I've been a part of guys, you know, missing, missing game winners. Um, and it, it, you know, it's terrible in my position and I've never been a kicker that's missed one. Um, and I can only imagine, you know, what they go through. Um, so I, I do everything to know. I generally love care for them and I'm, I'm rooting for them. Um, do everything I can to correct fundamentals and all that stuff. Um, but it's more of a, like a guided deal, you know, not a like, Hey, I, this is where your foot's got to be period. There's a little bit of that, but a lot of it's like, okay, this is where, you know, by definition where it should be, you know, what's comfortable for you. Um, and we video it all and, and talk through it. Um, but by doing it that way, I've found the they believe in it and it kind of empowers them. Um, you know, and if somebody told you guys, like, this is how you have to do it, period. If you didn't, you know, completely believe in it, it's probably not going to work. Or as soon as it doesn't work, you're going to be like, I told, told you so. Um, but those kids, you know, have the ownership of, okay, this is what I really believe. Um, and, and that helps. Um, and then obviously, you know, with those guys, we put them in all kinds of stressful situations in practice. Um, you know, from squirting them with ice cold water to yelling at them for no good reason. Um, and just to see how they respond. Um, and again, it's all out of love. They know I generally care for them. Um, but I tell them all, we want to know you can make that kick before you're out there in front of 50, 60, 70, a hundred thousand. Um, and then just schematic wise, you know, overall for the, you know, the big four and even, you know, field goal block PAT. Um, it's a, uh, um, it's a, a fine line of, you know, staying ahead of people, you know, cause if you, you're successful, people are going to study in like, okay, how are you going to beat Eastern, Eastern Michigan? You know, I'm not saying we've been all world, but we've had a little success. Uh, so we got to, you know, stay ahead and tweak things just a little bit here and there. So people don't know wholeheartedly what we're doing. Um, but I want special teams easy for our guys. You know, it's hard to play offense. It's hard to play defense. You know, there's different checks and all this stuff and, and all that. Um, I want our guys playing fast. I tell them all the time, there's a time to think. And that's before ball's kicked or before the snapper snaps it. Think all you want. But as soon as that ball leaves the tee, or as soon as that snapper starts to flinch, there's no more thinking. It's all reacting. Because if you're thinking you're slow, you're not as good of an athlete as you should be, and we're, we're beat. Um, so everything we do is to keep it simple uh, for our guys, uh, but multiple for the opponents. You know, so thinking kind of back to the, the trade shift motion stuff on offense. A bunch of sugarcoating, uh, but our kids know what they're doing. Coach, I think probably the other difficult part for every every um, special teams coordinator is, uh, you know, as a as an offensive line coach, I get two hours, almost, you know, an hour of indie and an hour of of some type of a team drill. Uh, you know, same with every position, and then you go to special teams, and and you know, almost if you're lucky, you get ten minutes maybe a practice, uh, some more, and and unfortunately some less. How do you try to? And, and I've seen some really cool for whatever reason I never even thought of like splitting things up like instead you know all I'd ever thought of was like hey punt whole punt team goes out there for five to ten minutes work on some things and then go and then I've seen some really cool processes where there's a punter on one end and he's punting here and the other punting punter is punting you know just basically by himself one's coffin corner or, or the rugby punt and one's doing you know coming out punts and then there's this coach is with the left side and this coach is with the right. And there's so many ways to break it down and do and get more reps, but it's all about, I would assume. Okay. Anyways, I was saying it just was cool to see that broken down. I've never even thought about breaking down different parts of that for whatever reason. Uh, but you guys are only getting 10 minutes or, or around that. What do you try to do to really maximize every minute that you're given um, there and even in the meeting rooms. I know like ours always started with special teams, but it was still only five, 10 minutes. And then 
you know, I hate to hate to tell you this, coach, but like we were all given like field goal uh, DVDs when they're still giving out DVDs. And I kind of put it in my locker and, and never looked at it again throughout the week and and just kind of went up there and blocked for field goal. So also, you know, not as you just don't have as much time around the kids for it. How do you maximize that time uh, on the field and in the in the classroom, if you will? Oh, no doubt. Uh, and to answer that, it kind of really depends for us anyway, what what time of year we're in. You know, so if it's spring ball or fall camp, so like a teaching phase, um, if there's an install meeting, uh, I run it with everybody. Um, but if it's a film review meeting, you know, in spring ball, you have the off days, obviously, and then fall camp, you know, you, you install practice and then you have an afternoon meeting. Um, but if it's a review meeting, we split up in our position groups. So, you know, Coach Creighton takes the right guard, right tackle. Coach Sewell takes the snipers. You know, I take the specialist and the shield, but we completely break all that stuff up. Um, and I get, you know, I get 30 minutes of film review. So we'll do 15 minutes-ish, 12 minutes of punt, and then we'll have some built-in rotation time. Um, and then we'll go to pump block. Um, or And then kickoff, kickoff return are usually paired together too. Um, but the, for the film review, uh, that's been the best, uh, especially in the teaching time. Uh, cause then every kid gets to see themselves get reps. Um, and you know, if I'm Jay Nunez and I'm the fifth string running back and okay, I'm bought into coaching, you said, I need to make the bus and this is how I'm going to do it, but you never get to see yourself on video. Um, it, it's hard, you know, kids want to see themselves and that's just the world we're in. Um, so that, that's been awesome for us. Uh, now with COVID and everything this year, you know, we were trying to get everybody in the world ready to play punt and kick off and all of it, right? You know, you didn't didn't know who you were going to have. So uh, this year, what we ended up doing on the field, again, more of in a teaching phase, not not wholeheartedly game game prep time, uh, but in fall camp, you know, even spring ball this last year, I ended up just dividing our staff. So I'd have 15 minutes. So I, I said, Coach Creighton, you're coaching the right guard and right tackle on punt all 15 minutes. And Coach Blaney, you got the left side and, you know, divided to everybody that helps me. And then what we did was, is through the whole field, those guys stayed put. Um, and we, uh, we flipped our kids. So the kids would get seven minutes of punt. And if you were a right guard or a right tackle, you know, we have, you know, basically a four to six deep, depending on position. Um, but we would just divide that by two. So half the punt team would do punt for seven minutes. If you weren't doing punt, you're doing punt block. And you do that for full seven, then I'd get on the bullhorn and, you know, rotate, 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 and then everybody would just flip over. Uh, so the coaches only coached one phase, which they liked during that little window. They didn't have to switch gears on me. Um, but the kids, um, you know, were getting both in, and there were short lines and, you know, reps were happening. Gotcha. I, I love it. And – and I really just love listening, especially to special teams guys talk about how they break that up because no matter how much time you have, it's never enough. Uh, I, you know, offensive line coaches would, would argue for four hours of, of individual and, and it crushed all the kids. And, uh, but it's great hearing that organization because you guys have to be so organized to get everything done. It, it's great. Uh, you know, I, I love talking to special teams guys about that. That's my number one thing because – uh, everyone can be a lot more organized, but you guys really have to be. And so I always try to steal something from that. Oh, no doubt. We uh, very good on Vizio, uh, little dot maps and all that <laughs> stuff, for sure. Coach, is that something you guys will do like station work, you know, say in spring ball or, or fall camp to help kind of identify guys? You know, what are maybe some drills or some of your favorite things to do? Like, okay, this guy can be a frontline dude on kickoff. He can flip his hips and run. You know, this guy can – you know, be a sniper, this guy could be, you know, one of those guards or whatever it might be. How do you guys try to kind of identify those? Is there a set of drills and skills that you have those guys do? Yeah, no, no doubt. Uh, so in spring, my goal is always to have a three deep set by the end of spring. Um, and what I mean by that more so is like have, you know, everybody uh, pegged by position. So Brady, like, okay, he's going to be a right guard on the kickoff return team. Like, that's what, you know, or, you know, our right guard, left guard, they can flip. But he's, he's a guard on KOR. Because um, the last thing I want to do is you get two weeks into fall camp, and it happens with some injuries, but it's like, oh, man, I had him, you know, totally in the wrong spot. And, you know, now you're in a hard hard spot to make the bus as the the seventh DB, you know, because you've been doing something you can't do for, for two weeks. Um. So to get that done in spring, you know, we do a lot of just generic cross training. 
um, you know, our, our punt stuff, the footwork's all taught the same. Um, you know, so if you're a sniper, you know, if you're a sniper in protection, you, you can get to do all that same as a guard, um, you know, kickoff, kickoff return, a lot of just base fundamentals. We teach everybody how to double. We teach everybody how to man block. You know, the, the wedge is a little, a little more, you know, specific training and returners, obviously. Um, and then kickoff, you know, what's make a move on the move and who's going to defeat a block. And, and we teach everybody, you know, uh, a toolbox is how we term everything with special teams. Um, I say, we're going to teach you all these fundamentals. And then you as a player have to be a functional football player and decide, okay, am I going to use my hammer or my screwdriver right here? And I got to decide fast. Um, but, you know, spring is just base fundamentals, identify movement skills uh, and all that to try to have them placed. And then for, for your veterans in fall camp, hopefully they're, they're lined up and where they need to be. And then it's just determining at that point where your freshmen go and which freshmen are better than, you know, your twos or threes of veterans and who do I got to get plugged in fast, if that makes sense. Well, that's good. I, I like that too. I mean, especially as like a high school coach, I think that there's so much that you can do in the summertime with, you know, fundamental. So many times we get caught, Hey, let's do offense. Let's do defense. I just feel like there's so many basic drills, like you're saying, Hey, getting off a block, sprinting 20 yards, you know, attacking near hip, whatever, whatever your coaching cues are, but being able to do that in like almost an agility setting, a, a training setting. But at the same time, me as a coach, I'm getting eyes on these guys. And I'm like, yeah, that guy's going to be a gunner. That guy's going to be a sniper. That guy's going to be uh, whatever. I think so many times we don't take advantage of that. Like, Hey, have them do another pro agility when we could do special teams drills instead. And we're actually getting better at football and we're building this three deep, like you said, and we're not having to scramble once fall camp hits. No doubt. And you, you can set it up where you, you can take a lot of running out of it. And, you know, for me, it's, I, we know who's fast, you know, I can, I'm the tackles coach. So I, I watch the defense. So I, I see who pops, you know, for speed and all that, but for me, if it's, it's, you know, short 20 yard drills tops and just who has good movement skills um, and with what movement skills you have, you know, where, where can I play you? You know, okay. He has tight hips, but he's straight line fast. and He'll hit somebody. Let's put you on the boundary on kickoff and let, let's get it going. Um, and just kind of plug everybody, you know, with, with their skill sets. Coach, I'm curious with, with kickers because it is such a, a different deal because, and it's kind of like quarterbacks, you know, uh, if you've got offensive linemen, you're the one training the offensive linemen. If you've got receivers, you're the one training, and they've got some of their own coaches, but you're the one majority coaching those guys. Uh, it seems like in a lot of places, kickers have their own kicking coach, and, and that's kind of where they learn the techniques of it. That's where they kind of sharpen that craft, uh, and then they come out to, to the you know to the game field or practice field, and kind of the same thing with quarterbacks. A lot of them have their own coach that coach technique, and then their quarterbacks coach more teaches them what to see uh, with their scheme with those guys, those kickers, do you have them on some type of a game week, like a kick count where, where you're telling them, Hey, we're going to, we're going to use, you know, full speed kicks on these days. I want to make sure we hit this certain amount of balls. I want to make sure we don't go over this certain amount of balls. You know, there, are there days on kickoffs where you're just running up to the ball and not kicking it? What does that look like to try to keep those guys obviously playing their best on Saturday, but also to keep them healthy throughout the entire year. Oh, no doubt. No, we, uh, we definitely do that. Um, so, you know, for me, I, my week for the kickers are your specialist. Um, but those guys will get a call for me every, every Monday when I'm game planning, you know, and like, oh, Hey, Chad, can we, can we do this, you know, change up kick, you know, uh, can you kick this on side, but this is how they're aligning. I'll send a video or, or whatever. Uh, so I'll get input you know, on the game plan from those guys on Monday, which again, I think is huge. Um, I don't always listen per se, uh, but they, they do have a voice and I, I think it through. Um, but two, or Tuesday for us is our work day. Uh, so we're going to do field goal. Um, and in three minutes, we'll get probably 12 kicks. I mean, we, we two spot that thing, just shotgun them fast. Um, we'll punt. Uh, we'll get about 14 total reps um uh, of uh good versus good and that's fast but the the ones twos ones twos um and then we'll get kickoffs uh so for the actual work part of it you know our, our punters on tuesday will probably get about 60 ball strikes so that's warm up and everything uh the one advice i would give to everybody out there is front load your special teams 
um, whether your your punter, you know, is a receiver um, or your kickers, uh, whatever safety, or that's all they do um, to to have those guys go out there for a specialist period and warm up and have your your returners catch some balls and then do special teams at the very end uh, just does more harm than good. You know, it's um, you know, with the leg has a total amount of reps in it uh, before it, it it peters out during the year. Um, so the, the more you can save that warming up twice during the middle of the week, you know, it, it just saves those guys so much. Um, so they'll get out, warm up, and then all our special teams are front-loaded. So we'll do a, a quick specialist period. We'll hit balls to the returners, and then we jump right into punt. Um, then we'll hit field goal to give the uh, OD players a, a break, and then we go to kickoff. Um, field goal kickers are probably less. You know, it's um, a lot more taxing to kick field goals than it is to punt. And then obviously more, a lot more taxing on the kickoff uh, than the other two. Um, but our field goal kickers, um, you know, will probably hit, you know, probably about 25, maybe uh, 35 balls tops, you know, as far as good ball strikes um, on a Tuesday. Uh, so about half the, half the reps there. Um, on Wednesday, our punters will lightly warm up um, and they'll, they'll get about four, uh, about two, three reps uh, each. Um, you know, as far as full team stuff goes, but a very, very light day. Um, and our kickers actually don't kick at all on Wednesdays. Don't, don't touch football. Uh, Thursday, um, the, everybody warms up just enough not to get hurt. It's not a work day, but let's get warmed up. Um, and again, all the special teams are front loaded and uh, we rock and roll through our script. So backup kicks to onside, to all the situational stuff and, and touching up, um, you know, any kind of game plan stuff we need to do. Um, and we'll, we'll kick off during that as well. Um, and then Friday, we, we kick a little bit for a mock game. You know, if I had my druthers, nobody would, would touch a ball with their foot. Um, but the head coach wants to do um, the mock game, which I'm in full support of too. Um, uh, so they kick a little bit during that, but not, you know, one kickoff, one pooch punt. It, it's super light. Um, but the, the biggest thing is front load all special teams and then kickoff wise. Uh, your kickers shouldn't kick more than six to eight full kickoffs during a week um, because those things add up. What are you so, – so, and this is me having no idea, but obviously like you mentioned, you've got kind of three kicker positions uh, on a team. You've got a punter, you've got a field goal kicker, you've got a guy that's going to kick off. Um, and it seems like more and more now it's like some people have one for all three of those positions – some teams have, you know, I think like my roommate was the punter and the kickoff guy, but we had a field goal kicker. So we kind of had two different kickers. Um, what, what, um, what are you trying to find? Obviously you're trying to find three guys, I would assume. What is it normally at the college level? And then my other kind of question is like, how much worse does a guy have to be for you to decide we're only going to use one guy, if that makes sense? Because uh, you know, I, I'm sure you would like to keep everyone as fresh as possible. And so you're willing to say, hey, this guy's not almost not as good, but it keeps this other guy fresher, but he's close enough that that we'll go ahead and, and, and roll him through there. I'm sure there's not a magic number, but how does that process, how does that, you know, work through uh, your mind in a season or, or when you're trying to develop who's kicking, uh, you know, that week or that, that year? No, it's uh... – very good question. Um, I'd say the norm is probably two guys, you know, for the three spots, whether it's a, a field goal kicker um, doing kickoffs or a, a punter doing kickoffs. Um, you know, traditionally, it's probably more so the kicker, you know, NFL style, you know, those big six, six punters, whatever, six, four or, or more kickoff guys. Um, that's probably the norm. Uh, the second probably uh, next normal would be one guy doing um one guy doing one, so three for three. Um, and then there's the the instances where one guy, you know, can handle handle all three. Uh, for me, I'm going to play the best. You know, we chart everything. We video it all. Um, you know, my, my uh, QC helps me with that. And then obviously I oversee it as well. Um, but we're going to play the most consistent. Um, and, you know, everybody says, like, okay, you're talking about your best punter. Like, okay, that guy one and every time man that thing is five second hang time and it's flying um and maybe i'm wrong but I, I don't get caught up in all that um i just who's the most consistent guy 
that's going to give us the, the best chance to win more times than not um, is, is who I play. Um, the big A plus balls and all that stuff. I don't, you know, they're fun and awesome, but they don't, they don't win you a job here. Um, so we chart all that. And, um, you know, I've played at one time in Minnesota, we played a short snapper, we played a punt snapper, you know, we had a guy kicking off and we, we were literally like one across the board all the way around. Um, that's the most extreme I've been, uh, but we're going to play the best. The, the hard thing is, uh, if you have one guy doing all three and I get in high school, you know, sometimes it is what it is and you got to do it. Um, but that's a lot of the wear and tear for a kid. Like they got to be very disciplined in the amount they kick, um, you know, through practice, through the season, even in games. Um, and then the hardest thing for me, though, uh, to, you know, to get kids to do all three would be is this the mental side of it. You know, you miss a couple kicks and all of a sudden you're not confident and then you're shaking some punts or you're missing some kickoffs. Um, and those are a lot of different leg swings. You know, traditionally a field goal and kickoff leg swing are more similar than not. You know, there's some changes happening now where the kickoff swing is a little bit more than like, like a punt swing. But there's a lot of just different, you know, uh, body movements there. And with all the muscle memory you try to enforce with these guys, um, you know, you, you kind of combat and punt motion with uh, field goal motion, um, and, and that can make it hard too. Uh, but the middle part for me, you know, it's hard to do all three from the discipline. Um, and then again, if you're, you know, you know, failing in one area to not let, you know, your bad field goals creep into your punts, um, that, that's a lot. Coach, is that, you know, maybe kind of tacking on to what, you know, Harper was saying, is that maybe, you know, why some of those guys maybe go and they, and you can rugby punt because it's probably a little bit more like, you know, the, the style they would be doing if they're a kickoff guy or they're a, you know, place kicker, you know, maybe it's something like, Hey man, we, we don't have a great pocket punter a guy that can bomb it. we got a kicker. That's a pretty good athlete. He can roll out a little bit and, and rugby. Is that something, you know, you probably kind of take in consideration then? Oh, there's no doubt. You know, I'm going to get totally nerd on here and talk about punting, uh, <laughs> but you know, getting back to the, you know, O-line roots, you know, to be a good pocket punter, like you can't cross your feet over, you know, it's all tracks. Um, you know, you guys can see me on video, everybody on the podcast can't, but you know, you got your feet here. And if your left foot stacks on top of your right foot, like you can't swing your leg like a pendulum, it kind of wraps around. Um, and when you do that, you know, you're activating your hip a lot more, you know, so you, you hit some bigger, bigger punts as far as your A ball, uh, but your consistency, you know, lessens so much because you're swiping at it. You know, you're not letting the, and again, I'm not a doctor, the, the big bone on top, whatever fancy word that is, you're not letting that big bone get up through the sweet spot of the ball um, to give yourself room for air on a bad drop or whatever. Um, so all the high school kickers that punt too, you know, they kind of fade to the right and inside drop it and just go after the thing. And, you know, you get some shanks and you get some, some head scratchers that are beautiful. Um, but to your point, you know, if you just let a kid rugby and roll out and, you know, be an athlete and, you know, kick it hard, um, you know, that, that's definitely a lot easier. My other question was then going to be, you know, obviously you're coaching another position and, and you're having to recruit. How often does it come up? You know, maybe there, you have two guys on there. So say, hey, you, you have your top one or two guys at each position. They don't come. So now maybe you're down to your third dude on the list. How often does it come down to like, you know what, man, I, I've got a big hole uh, on special teams here. And I feel like this guy might be a better fit as a special teams guy. Did those conversations ever come up in, in meetings uh, as far as recruiting, you know, comes through? I mean, I'm sure it doesn't happen a lot, but is it maybe a consideration like, man, this guy could be a menace on special teams? Uh, to be honest with you, when we first got here, it didn't at all. Um, and we've had some success here. Again, I'm not, not saying we're all world, but we, we've, affected some games um and i'm you know coaching d tackles now i'm, I'm in with the defense more you know day in day out um uh, but it, it has cut up you know come up the last couple of years when you're you know kind of splitting hairs and all that stuff you know there's times where it's like hey with this guy's body type his speed you know at the very least he's going to be a producer on special teams um and then again obviously got to have you know the, the the brains if you're a safety to make checks and all that stuff so that's the the unknown sometimes, especially during COVID recruiting when you, you don't get to see anybody. Um, but it, it does come up, you know, as you're, you're splitting those hairs between the last one or two. And, um, 
you know, and the return part is obviously a, a big obvious one, um, but we do talk about other, other spots as well. And that's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to again thank all of our sponsors. You guys make sure and go check them out. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.